Hey there. Welcome to the Paper Pencil podcast. I am Swarnavo and this is the third installment in the series Story Behind the Artist. Now, before we go ahead, please remember to subscribe to the podcast and if you like this episode, share it across with your friends. Now, these episodes are a way for me to learn more about some of history's greatest artists and in that way be able to appreciate their work even more. Today let me tell you a story all the way from Mexico. This is a story about passion, self-love, self-acceptance and self-expression. Standing out and denying to fit in to the narrow social norms. Our journey begins in a blue house called La Casa Azul in Coyacan, a town outside Mexico City. The year is 1907. Wilhelm Carlo lives there with his wife Matilda Calderon y Gonzalez. Wilhelm, a German who moved to Mexico as a kid, is a photographer by profession. His wife Matilda was of Spanish and Native American ancestry. And on July 6th, 1907, they were blessed with their daughter Magdalena Carmen Frida Calo y Calderon. La Casa Azul remained close to Frida who stayed there for multiple years later in her life till her last breath at the age of 6 Frida contracted polio it took some time to recover and in the end it permanently damaged one of her legs forcing her to walk with a limp an interesting fact about young frida is that she posed as a portraiture model for her father's photography and she learned how to be photogenic in front of the camera the angles her gaze the expressions she learned it all she maintained to have a great relationship with her father while it is said that her relationship with her mother was not always that great in fact as a teenager she was bored of wearing the socially appropriate clothes meant for women and she instead chose to wear a full man suit for one of the family photographs which of course did not go that well uh, especially in that era she played soccer boxed wrestled and swam competitively she used to say my toys were those of a boy skates bicycles but as an adult she also collected dolls her father enrolled frida to the german college in mexico city and exposed her to a lot of european literature and writings of philosophers It is said that she always had a thirst for expansive learning, something beyond the regular curriculum. Carlo had a horrible experience at the German school however, and luckily at that time the Mexican Revolution had changed the education policy and from 1922 girls were admitted to the National Preparatory School. Carlo was in fact one of the first of 35 girls admitted and she began to study medicine botany and the social sciences. She excelled academically became very interested in Mexican culture and also became active politically. Now let's take the story towards her artistic influences. The phase where you can see Frida Carlo the artist emerging. Carlo planned to become a doctor and took courses in biology, zoology, anatomy. Her knowledge of these disciplines would later add realistic touches to her portraits. 
she also had a passion for philosophy which she liked to flaunt. When she was 15, a renowned artist, Diego Rivera, was painting a mural. The year was 1922 uh, and this painting was in the amphitheater of the school that Frida went to. Upon seeing him work, Carlo experienced a moment of infatuation and fascination that she would fully go on to explore later in her life. She had a crush on Diego and it is said that she went and appreciated him in front of her best friends and even said that one day she will probably marry him. Meanwhile, she enjoyed helping her father in his photography studio and received drawing instruction from her father's friend Fernando Fernandez. In 1923, Carlo joined a gang of students who shared similar political and intellectual views and she fell in love with the leader Alejandro Gomez Arias. On the afternoon of September 17, 1925, Frida, who was then 18 years old, and her boyfriend were on a bus going back home from school. The bus met with an accident. It was rammed by a trolley car. A metal handrail broke off and pierced her pelvis. Several people died at that site. Doctors at the hospital uh, where Frida was taken did not think she would survive. Her spine was fractured in three places, her pelvis was crushed and her right leg and foot was severely broken. In the hospital, Carlo told Gomez Arias In this hospital, death dances around my bed at night. She spent a month in the hospital and was later fitted with a plaster corset. She would be compelled to wear them throughout her life just to keep her spine straight. Confined to bed for three months, she was unable to return to school. Without giving it any particular thought, I started painting, she recalled. Her parents ordered a portable easel and attached a mirror to the bed so that she could be her own model and paint. During her months in bed, she would think about her changed circumstances. To Gomez Arias, she wrote, Life will reveal its secrets to you soon. I already know it all. I was a child who went about in a world of colors. My friends, my companions became women slowly. I became old in instants. With time, she chose not to groom herself to fit the image of a woman based on the societal norms. Tweezing her eyebrows and shaving her upper lip was not as important as her overall healing. She was in the process of accepting the body that she was born in. Embracing herself was far more important for her. So when she made her self-portrait, she decided to include her facial hair instead of adding, uh, you know, beauty filters to enhance the final outcome. As she grew stronger, uh, Carlo began to participate in the politics of the day, which focused on achieving autonomy for the government-run university and a more democratic national government. She joined the Communist Party in part because of her friendship with this young Italian photographer, Tina Modotti, who had come to Mexico in 1923. It was most likely at a soiree given by Modotti in late 1928 that Carlo re-met Rivera. Remember Rivera? Diego Rivera? 
the artist she had met in her school as a teenager the artist she had a crush on well they started seeing each other this time now they were an unlikely pair the most celebrated artist in mexico and a dedicated communist the charismatic rivera was more than 6 feet tall and was over 130 kilos on the other hand carlo 21 years younger weighed 50 kilos and was around 5 feet 3 inches tall he was ungainly and a bit misshapen and she was drop dead beautiful rivera compared her thick eyebrows which met above her nose to the wings of a blackbird their black arches framing to extraordinary brown eyes rivera courted carlo under the watchful eyes of her parents sundays he would visit la casa azul to critique her paintings he later wrote it was obvious to me that this girl was an authentic artist the couple married on august 21st 1929 Carlo later said her parents described the union as a marriage between an elephant and a dove. Carlo was a devoted wife bringing Rivera lunch every day bathing him cooking for him. Next they decided to move to the USA. The Riveras arrived in the United States in November 1930 settling in San Francisco while Rivera worked on murals for the San Francisco Stock Exchange and the California School of Fine Arts. and on the other hand carlo painted portraits of friends like other left wing mexican intellectuals she was now dressing in flamboyant native mexican costume embroidered tops and colorful flow length skirts rivera's new wife was a little doll alongside diego people would stop in their tracks to look in wonder carlo's painting had evolved to include a more assertive sense of mexican identity carlo's interest in distancing herself from her german roots is evidenced in her name change from frida to frida for the listeners this would be a change in the spelling from f r i e d a to f r i d a also in her decision to wear traditional tijuana costume Now they stayed in the united states for 3 years diego felt like he was living in the future On the other hand Frida grew homesick. She said, "I find that Americans completely lack sensibility and good taste. They are boring and they all have faces like unbaked rolls." For Carlo, despair and pain were never far away. Before leaving Mexico, she had suffered the first in a series of miscarriages and abortions. Remember her bus accident? the injuries lowered her chances of ever being able to carry a baby every time she lost a baby she was thrown into a deep depression moreover her polio afflicted and badly injured right leg often troubled her carlo had arrived in america as an amateur artist she had never attended art school had no studio and had not yet focused on any subject matter in particular I paint self-portraits because I'm so often alone because I'm the person I know best. She would say years later. Turns out that despite her injuries, she regularly visited the places or the sites on which Rivera worked in order to bring him lunch. As she watched him paint, she learned the fundamentals of her craft. Slowly, she learned how to tell a story in paint. 
Now, soon after her miscarriage in Detroit, Carlo's signature style starts to emerge. Her desolation and pain are graphically conveyed in this powerful depiction of herself. This painting had herself nude and weeping on a blood-stained bed. As she would do time and again, she communicates a devastating experience that she has gone through through the act of painting. Towards the end of 1933, the couple returned to Mexico and the relationship continued to take a wrong turn. It is said that Diego was unfaithful to Frida multiple times in that period. Soon, Frida moved out and went back to her childhood home, La Casa Azul. During a visit to Mexico City in 1938, the founder of surrealism, André Breton, fell in love with Carlo's paintings and arranged to invite Carlo to hold her first solo show at his gallery in New York. This time around, Carlo traveled to the States without Rivera and upon arrival caused a huge media sensation. People were attracted to her colorful and exotic but actually traditional Mexican costumes and her exhibition was a huge success. Carlo enjoyed some months socializing in New York and then sailed to Paris in early 1939 to exhibit with the surrealists there. That exhibition was not as successful and she became quickly tired of the over-intellectualism of the surrealist group. Now, since we spoke about surrealism, let's spend a minute understanding what it is. Surrealism was an artistic and literary movement founded by the poet André Breton in Paris in 1924. Now, the core of surrealism is a focus on illustrating the mind's deepest thoughts automatically when they surface. This thought process for creating art is also known as automatism. Now, surrealists challenge the limitations of consciousness and rationality in order to liberate the unconscious mind, a superior reality, as Breton called it. Breton had studied medicine and psychiatry and was well-versed in the psychoanalytical writings of Sigmund Freud. He was particularly interested in the idea that the unconscious mind which produced dreams was the actual source of artistic creativity, not rational and logical thinking. Some noteworthy names of this movement are of course André Breton, Pablo Picasso, Salvador Dali, Frida Kahlo, to name a few. Now coming back to a story, when Frida returned to Mexico City in 1939, Rivera and Frida decided to end their marriage. They got a divorce. With the intention of achieving financial independence, Carlo painted more intensely than ever before. To paint is the most terrific thing that there is, but to do it well is very difficult. She would tell the group of students known as Los Ridos, to whom she gave instructions in the mid-1940s. She said, it is necessary to learn the skill very well, to have very strict self-discipline and above all, to have love to feel a great love for painting. It was during this period that Carlo created some of her most enduring and distinctive work. In self-portraits, she pictured herself in native Mexican dress with her hair done in traditional braids, surrounded by pet monkeys, cats and parrots amid exotic vegetations. She often wore the large pre-Columbian necklaces and earrings given to her by Rivera. Now let's talk about a few of her paintings. One of the most noteworthy painting is called The Two Fridas. This painting was completed after her divorce with Diego Rivera 
this portrait shows Frida's two different personalities. One is the traditional Frida in her Tijuana costume with a broken heart sitting next to an independent Frida in a modern dress. In Frida's diary, she wrote about this painting and said it it originated from her memory of an imaginary childhood friend. Later, however, she admitted it expressed her desperation and loneliness with the separation from Diego. In this painting, the two Fridas are holding hands. They both have visible hearts and the heart of the traditional Frida is cut and torn open. The main artery which comes from the torn heart down to the right hand of the traditional Frida, the blood keeps dripping on her white dress and she is in danger of bleeding to death. The background has a stormy sky filled with agitated clouds which may reflect Frida's inner turmoil. In another work from this period called Self Portrait with Cropped Hair made in 1940, Carlo paints herself with chopped hair and in an oversized man suit which looks like one of Diego's. She holds a pair of scissors in her right hand and strands of hair in her left. The hair is symbolic of sacrifice. Turns out Diego loved her long hair. In the background strands of hair are everywhere surrounded by the hair she was sitting on a chair with an empty expression. The space around her is uninhabited which adds to her despair. The lyrics of a song painted across the top of this portrait which reads If I loved you it was for your hair now you're bald I don't love you anymore. In December 1940 a year after her divorce Rivera and Frida got back and remarried. The relationship again remained sour. Still Carlo never stopped cooking elaborate meals and arranging flowers in her home and her beloved garden and there were always festive occasions in the house to celebrate. During the last decade of her life Carlo endured painful operations on her back, her foot, her leg. Uh, in fact in 1953 her right leg had to be amputated below the knee. She drank heavily sometimes downing two bottles of cognac a day and she became addicted to painkillers. As drugs took control of her hands, the surface of her paintings became rough. Her brushwork agitated. In the spring of 1953, Carlo finally had a one-person show in Mexico City at the Lola Alvarez Bravo's gallery. Though still bedridden following the surgery on her leg, Carlo did not want to miss the opening night. Arriving by ambulance she was carried to a canopied bed which had been transported from her home this bed was kept at the center of the gallery from where she could greet everyone the headboard was decorated with pictures of family and friends paper mache skeletons hung from the canopy surrounded by admirers the elaborately costumed carlo held court and joined in singing her favorite mexican songs carlo remained a dedicated leftist Eight days before she died, Carlo, in a wheelchair accompanied by Rivera, joined a crowd of ten thousand in Mexico City, protesting the overthrow of the Guatemalan president. Carlo too preferred to emphasize her love of life and a good time. Just days before she died, she incorporated the words "Viva la vida," which means "Long live life," into a still life of watermelons. Carlo died in 1954 at La Casa Azul. While the official cause of death was given as pulmonary embolism questions have been raised about suicide either deliberate or accidental
she was 47 years old. Now, before we end this story, it is important to highlight one thing about Frida, her unibrow, the icon. More importantly, the whole idea of self-expression and acceptance. Carlo's unibrow is important because it's confidently unconventional. She's an icon for our society, uh, a place where sadly everything should fit in a box. Things have their narrow definitions and if you do not fit into those definitions, you run the risk of being outcasted. Shrida wrote in her diary, I used to think I was the strangest person in the world. But then I thought, there are so many people in the world. There must be someone just like me who feels bizarre and flawed in the same ways I do. I would imagine her and imagine that she must be out there thinking of me too. Well, I hope that if you are out there and read this and know that yes, it is true, I am here and I am just as strange as you. An anecdote here is the manufacturers of the famous Barbie doll released a Frida Kahlo Barbie in March 2018. And that led to quite a lot of controversy. In fact, there was an appeal to ban sales of this doll in Mexico. And the reason? The doll had a lighter skin tone, had unlikely physical proportions, but the biggest blow was her facial hair was minimized. It is amazing to see the life of a person impact society so much through her artwork and more importantly, her ability to accept herself the way she is and be confident about it. To be honest, I never really knew the Frida Kahlo story in detail. I always recognized her from her famous self-portraits and knew her as a symbol of self-expression, especially with the untamed unibrow and upper lip hair. I'm glad I know her story. Because now I can look at her work with a newfound perspective. Her story gives even more meaning to her work. I'm going to add the links where you can go see her work. Uh, I really hope that helps you. So this was the story behind the artist with the breathtakingly colourful, fantastical paintings Frida Kahlo. I really enjoyed compiling this episode and producing it for you guys. I really, really hope you enjoyed it. Do remember to subscribe to this podcast and tell people about this episode. Next week, I will be back with my next guest. Till then, have a great week and remember to tune in to the Paper Pencil Podcast next Sunday. Cheers!